powered up. We have had to conform to a certain social game. And so we are in a constant state of competition. In terms of that competition, we can, of course, lose place. And in that sense, make mistakes. This is the secret. You can't make a mistake. Welcome, everybody, to Friends of Failure. I'm your host, Sam, and this is my co-host, Megan. Yeah. I would love to introduce our guest this week, and that is Jesse Cheranova. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, Sam? How's it going, Megan? Good to connect with you guys. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, super glad to have you here. Another beautiful Sunday. I mean, it's kind of, I guess, kind of gloomy outside. It's real cloudy outside, but the weather's not cold. So I've been, I've been embracing it, soaking it up. Yeah, really excited to have you here. Uh, I would love to start with just kind kind of getting to know a little bit about you, you know, like tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. So I'm actually originally from New Jersey, in the Northeast. And so talk about that cold that you mentioned. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely no stranger to it. Uh, and I grew up, uh, you know, going to New York City and I lived in New York City for, for a while and I had to get the heck out of there. Those, those New York City winners, uh, it's just something about you know, the wind tunnels and the wind currents, it's like bone chilling for your face. It's intense. So, yeah. I don't know how people do that for their whole life. Like they live in New York their whole life and oof. They're stronger than the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. They really Uh, are. It takes a special person. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But yeah, no, I I lived in New York uh, for a while, moved out to San Diego for some time. I've worked in design uh, in travel and tourism for the past five years. So I put together lots of really unique and captivating experiences for my clients, whether it be, you know, families, uh, corporate single travelers, uh, couple couple travelers. And, you know, over the past couple of years, I've noticed a big problem in the marketplace And in order to solve that problem, I've launched a business, you know, focusing primarily on group travel experiences, really unique and different types of experiences where we bring people together, we connect them. um, And it goes further than travel, guys. It's it's uh, basically I like to think of travel as a vehicle to help people improve their lives and transform their lives. And so we have a lot of frameworks in our experiences that highlight that. And, um, you know, they're global. So we we love taking people on these experiences. It's a bit of a, a journey for all of us. Um, but like, like you said, um, when we first hopped on the call, Sam, it's like, you love these podcasts because every day you get to hop on or once a week, um, you get to hop on a call with a stranger and just connect and meet. And so that's the same thing with our travel experiences. We just love to connect with people and kind of help them along their own journey. I love the fact that it's global too, right? So it's not just going to Florida and doing Universal Studios (laughs) or go to California and do like (laughs) Disney, is it Disneyland or World out there? land yeah uh, disneyland <laughs> yeah disneyland in florida okay uh i i feel like i always get them mixed up because i haven't been to either one yet i haven't been to either one yet right well um, i haven't either so i think we we share that and we're probably two of not many people who haven't I, my mom was pregnant with me when they went to disney uh, with my little with my sister at the time and so i've never been i always use it as a 
I always tell them, you know, my childhood was crap and you guys are the worst parents. And you know, you didn't even take me to Disney, but obviously that's a joke, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm over here and I'm like, I've been to both. Uh <laughs> you're like I'm going back for my fifth time this summer, you know. I've never been as an adult. I think that would be fun because like child brain and memory is like a whole nother mm. thing. <laughs> this is true. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> Not Disney, yeah. But so I've been to over 40 countries on five continents. So I really got out there and I just love all the different cultures in the world, all the different people in the world, and you know, trying to find commonalities because I I truly believe that a lot of us think we're very different from one another. But at the end of the day, there's a lot more similarities than we may think. Yeah. I think we all come from the same place, which I don't know what that place is, right? But you know, there's this energy that's very apparent, and and I think we all come from some kind of space of that and we have the ability to connect but we get in our own ways i think right like i i've done it i know everyone uh, has done it in in some form or fashion but i i do think that things like traveling have a great way of connecting people because you know especially if you leave the the country that you're from right and you go somewhere it's such a unique experience that all all those things that maybe you use to keep yourself guarded kind of go away because you're just in awe of like wow look at this place you know Mm -hmm. what i mean absolutely yeah it can Uh, definitely be terrifying at times for (laughs) for a lot of people you know and and i get that but once you do take that leap and you know you find those amazing people that are like-minded to you or value-minded to you um, because again a lot of people don't want to travel alone especially right now during, during these times, mm-hmm. the last couple of years. And so I, I get it. And so that's why I wanted to create this platform that links people together for a safe, non-judgmental environment where, you know, you get to, I mean, I've, I've been all over the world my, by myself and with other friends and strangers I've met and, and, you know, cultivated some amazing relationships, but I'll tell you 10 out of 10 times shared experiences are better than experiences by yourself. And so, yeah. um, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, it, it always is, it always is better to share those moments. It's like a time and place thing, right? Of uh, there are there is a time and place to be alone and reflect and, and whatnot. But, you know, you're going to Japan or you're going to wherever. <laughs> it's like, yo, I want to share this with someone. Right. It's exciting. I, I used to think it was funny. And then I got older and I realized, you know, there are some real horror stories out there. But, you know, I used to joke because I was a kid. I was in high school, I think. But those movies uh, Hostel came out, that mm. horror movie, whatever. And that's the whole premise is these people are like, let's go backpacking or whatever it was. And then, of course, you know, that all turns into a nightmare. And and then I got older and I and I do think that's a genuine thing of like, I don't want to travel by myself, one, because, you know, safety reasons. But two, that movie happening. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That movie happening. So having the ability to have someone kind of help put things together and and have a group of people, I don't know, safety in numbers. But then the other thing is. I don't know what it's like so. to, yeah, like I would love to go to Germany one day and I don't know anything about how to do that, right? Which is where somebody with your, you know, business can help guide, right? Um, I'm going to have to just call you after this podcast and be like, here are the places I want to go. Like, where do I start? Can I just jump from one to the next, right? Um, hey, that's what I'm here for, man. Here to help you. So, so you've been I'd doing that to. for a while. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so I know you, so you've been doing that for a while, but then I also know that, um, you've, you've competed essentially, right. Uh, the, the Ironman is something that you've mentioned. (laughs) Yeah. 
uh, it was back in, and, and I want everyone, I want to make this clear. One, I didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to do an Ironman. I don't, don't think it really works like that. <laughs> Not really. uh, maybe, maybe for some, and, and those are the, you know, maybe two percenters in the world, not even saying 3% because that's a difficult thing to do. But, um, my uncle actually really inspired me through the years. He's in his sixties now and he's completed like five or six full Ironman triathlons. Damn. Um, yeah. And so my dad actually ran the New York marathon when he lived in New York, he's from Brooklyn. My parents are both from New York. Um, but it was something that I always wanted to do because I knew that he did it. And so, uh, I started out, you know, really, really small, right. I, I one foot in front of the other, I did a 5k race in Belmar, New Jersey, like the little beach town where I'm from like 10 minutes inland from there. And I believe this was 2017. Uh, I, I could barely finish it and that's a 5k. Yeah. And so that's not that long ago. And so my point is that, you know, whenever you want to do anything and it's this, it's this massive, you know, undertaking, it's this, it's this huge, um, goal you set for yourself. That seems impossible. You can totally get there. Everyone gets there at different times, but you know, when you break it down to digestible pieces, it makes it so much easier. And so, you know, I, I signed up for that, for that 5k. Then I set up for the, um, the Brooklyn half marathon. Then I did the New York marathon. Then I did, you know, an Olympic distance try. Now I'm at a half try and then I'm going to do a full, um, you know, at some point in a couple of years. And so, yeah, it's just taking, going through that journey, but knowing that, um, it's not going to happen overnight. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you got to put a lot of time and training into stuff like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Could you so, imagine showing up with like no training and the failure and the pain? Probably? Well, well, I can, I can actually, uh, for the New York marathon. Um, here's, I want to, I know, you know, this is, this is your, your podcast, right. Uh, about failure and kind of talking about, um, how people have, have made it through these difficult times. And so, uh, this quote always comes up for me. I heard it on a podcast once. Uh, I think it's, I think it's by Denzel, Denzel Washington. He, he like, it was a, like a college. He was speaking to a college after they graduated. He said, um, if you're not failing, you're not even trying. And he like says it like three times. And it's like, wow, like that's really powerful because it's true. Um, and so I learned the hard way with the New York marathon that I really needed to put the time into train, uh, a near, a full marathon is 26.2 miles. And the most that I ran before that was 13 um damn yeah that was a bad idea and so on race day you know my legs were uh I, I like i got these charlie horses in my legs and all of these really bad things and sensations <laughs> happening in my body but I, I finished it it was you know it was all it's all up here um you can really push the body and so i'm a mindset coach so that really helped with overcoming that but i'll tell you right now i'll never do anything like that again without properly training <laughs> for the actual no. race yeah that's like <laughs> If I had one nightmare, it'd probably be that, like having to run 26 miles with no prep, like insane. <laughs> You're just asking for like injury and like, you know, just sobbing and I can't, yeah. I, but I, I do to go back to your point of like breaking it down into realistic chunks. You can apply that to anything like physical goals or, you know, mental, whatever it is. I really like that. And it's something I've been practicing for a little bit too. Like this year, my thing was just to get back to five days of working out again. And at mm. first it was like, okay, let's try maybe two and then three. And then by the third week I was doing five and I just kept doing five, but I didn't set it up as you do five or nothing, or you're going to be a huge failure and then get mad at yourself and then, you know, drop it. 
but like you said little bitty steps that's it nothing yeah. wild I love that. yeah i well, love that so, megan it's it's so true my buddy loves to use the analogy of like dumbbells because i like to work out with dumbbells right and i keep bringing up this thing that's just keeps coming back into you know my main focus and that's i want to try to learn how to meditate so i can practice quieting the mind so that I mean, the end goal would be daily taking the time, whatever amount of time that is to sit there, turn off my brain. And if thoughts come in and and go, like I can just turn it back off. Right. And I was like, you know, I've tried six or seven different times and he's like, okay, well, what are you doing to do this? Right. And I'm like, well, I sit down, I set a timer for like 30 minutes and I just, I try to sit still and I try to not think. And he's like, that's it. And I was like, yes. And he goes, well, what happens? And I go, well, I start thinking and then I get frustrated and I like, okay, stop, 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 reset. And then I start thinking and I get frustrated. I'm like, stop. Um, And then I'm like, I can't stop thinking. And then at that point, like you've already decided, like you're not going to stop thinking. It's like, why don't you just do it for one minute or do it for three minutes? Just be like, Hey, do it for three minutes as best as you can. And then walk away from it. And it's the whole analogy of if you're going to pick up a hundred pound dumbbells for say chest press, would you go do that on day one? It was like, absolutely not. And he's like, you wouldn't tell anyone else to do that. So why are you trying to do that with meditation? And then I have to just sit in that and be like, well, obviously, wow. right. Like, well, obviously I'm not well, going to start wish, with the hundred. I wish common sense is more common. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, well, I mean, I do that. I just make sure you do that. Right. And, yeah. and so I, I mean, I'm right there. I, I think it's great that we all can relate to that of, I, I mean, there had to be a couple of moments of maybe panic. I mean, you obviously <laughs> were able to like walk yourself and kind of control your, your mindset while you were going through, you said 26 miles. It was raining too. Oh my God. Um, oh God. Yeah. Was it cold? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, my, my, sh- my running shoes were, were completely soaked. I don't know. My, my sister and my dad were there. And so I remember when I passed them, I think it might've been like mile 14 or 15. I saw my dad and I was like, Oh, and I'm doing this. And I think that's the whole, that's the amazing part of a lot of these races is you have a lot of support around you. You have like bands playing, people cheering you on. And it's that big community piece and that, that support that you have that really pushes yeah. you forward, you know? And so that was special. I think that's, I mean, I told myself I was doing it like regardless. And unfortunately I didn't have like anything break or, you know, any long-term you know injuries from it, but uh, I just kind of powered through it. But I think, I think it's so great. You guys both mentioned uh, Megan and Sam, your, I like to call it a keystone habit and, you know, something, mm-hmm. something that a keystone habit is, it's something that you choose to do um, that if you do it, it bleeds into all aspects and areas of your life or the majority of them um, to bring positivity and, and a good, good sense of impact. And so like, for example, sleeping is a really good keystone habit because if you sleep well right like the majority oh, yeah. of your life is is going to go pretty well or if you eat well or whatever so for me like I decided to use the Iron Man as a keystone habit so I knew if I did that and all the training that I go through like that's my favorite part is the actual training um mm-hmm. because it, it bleeds into other areas of my life I'm more consistent I'm more disciplined um, I'm more confident in, in other arenas of my life and so that's so cool that you wanted to try meditation um and and uh, I think meditation is extremely powerful a very powerful tool um, that you can use to, to, to quiet the mind. So, um, you're on your way there. You just got to be consistent with it. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, it's the same way of whether it's running, lifting weights or stretching or meditation, 
you know, making it a priority, right. And, and just putting in the, the ability or putting in the time to create the habit and then, you know, creating the, the skill set that goes with that habit. You know, it's funny too, because a lot of people have said it, I've said it where, well, I can't stop thinking. And that's the point of meditation is we have to learn how to do it. Right. It's the same thing of, we learn how to walk and run. We can learn how to meditate. We can learn how to do almost anything. Right. I, I still pretty sure I couldn't be like a five-star chef, but maybe that's just me. It's maybe that's not, you just don't maybe want I'm not to. believing in myself. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't believe in myself. So you, you travel yourself a lot, right? Um, and that's part of why you provide the service that you provide uh, for other people is because you, you see the value in traveling, right? Do you have a favorite place? Correct. Do you have a favorite place? Like you're like, man, I will go here over and over and over again. Mm. Or do you just, or it doesn't matter what the destination is. You just like the experience of traveling and the experience with the people. It's the latter. Uh, I'm glad that you rephrased that. I, I get that. I get asked that a lot is like, where's your favorite place? It's really hard for me to uh, put my finger on that, that favorite destination. I have a couple um, I could throw out like Iceland. I just happen to have a really incredible experience there. And so that, that always stands out to me, but um, yeah, I think it's more about the people that I go on the experiences with. And, you know, even if I'm there by myself, I'll, I'll always, you know, kind of seek out that connection with other people, whether that be locals or people that I meet on the experience. I did really, I think maybe because it's fresh in my mind, I just was in Hawaii for a couple of weeks and man, that was one of the more, more spectacular places I've ever been in my life. And if you ever have an opportunity to go there, um, I highly recommend Kauai. Uh, Kauai is, is absolutely gorgeous. It's, it's nicknamed garden Island. And so Mm -hmm. it's just luscious and there's all these amazing hikes. And my buddy and I hiked the Nepali coast. It's like one of the most dangerous hikes in the country. Um, and it's also the most beautiful, right? (laughs) It's also the most beautiful. It's also, it's also worth the trek, right? When you get to the end, you get down to that beach. Um, and yeah, so I'd say Hawaii was really spectacular, but I mean, the world is full of wonders. This is beautiful anywhere you go. Really. People have made songs or albums based off the name of that Island because right. That's just one of the islands of Hawaii. Um, correct. Yeah. Cause uh, I always feel like I say it wrong, but it's Kauai, right? Um, I, I, the eyes there, I, I think it's silent. I was just saying Kauai when I was there, but I, mean, I don't know. I was Kauai, like Kauai. I don't know. I don't know, right? It sounds uh, right. <laughs> I, I think I do that because Hawaii and so in my brain, right? But so there's, there's like Oahu, there's the one you were at. There's, there's Maui, Maui there's the Island. Yeah, there's one there's island that is called Hawaii. Like it's a, the actual island itself is Hawaii, right? Yes, or is, the big island. Okay. I believe that's the the big island. Yeah, big island. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you, you know, it's it's got to be interesting from your perspective because you know there are people who probably are like, hey, I want to go to Hawaii, but I don't want to. I, I don't care about the most beautiful place I could see and the dangerous hiking, they probably are more about, I want to see Honolulu, right? Like I want to see the sure. big city. Right. Sure. Um, and so for you, is it, do you have a preference of the nature side versus the, cause I mean, even like, you know, if you went to Tokyo, Japan, right. That's gotta be a crazy city to experience for a lot of people. But if you hate the city, you might not enjoy not it at thing. all. Yeah. Right. Like, you wouldn't go to, to New York city or any of those places. Um, so do you gravitate 
towards one of those more than the other or you try to just be neutral and do both like the cities and the the secluded yeah it depends on my mood <laughs> yeah but i, I but i know i do i do love both i i love beautiful cities i love architecture i love the cultures i love the food i love all the different things that cities bring uh, they kind of bring that that uh, that good energy like a good city um you know like a tokyo or new york um, or a mexico city right or london um but i also i i if i had to choose on a place to travel to um i'd probably go with nature um, and especially for a place to live, like I live in the Algarve in Portugal. Uh, I chose to live there over Lisbon because the beaches are just so beautiful and it's a little bit further away from the city. You get more of like a local feel. Um, mm-hmm. But when, when I do travel, uh, I like to do a little bit of both, like, like you kind of said for the second part of your question, because, you know, it's important to kind of see both sides of it, in my opinion, when you travel somewhere, yeah. if you have the time to allocate to do that. Uh, but yeah, I think if I had to, if I had to choose... I'd say nature, uh, nature for sure. I I like that you mentioned both though, because for me, like my family was very big about traveling when we were younger, just to expose us to different cultures and like different things. Um, But it's about expanding your circle. So if you limit yourself to just one in travel, then you're only going to get this one side of travel. Maybe you only go to places like Bali or Hawaii or like, you know, tropical islands but you never get to go see, like you said, London, like a big historical city that's mm. been around for way longer than America <laughs> and like Amsterdam or something like that. So I think right. it's a good point that even if it's something you're not comfortable with or like there's that kind of fear or trepidation there, at least try it, like put yourself out there and kind of do it. And I'm sure you've gone to places you were unsure about at some point and you had to kind of work through that, right? Yeah, that happens a lot. I went to, when you said that, it triggered uh, a memory when I was in Istanbul, in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, a, that's a very foreign place. Uh, and so there was, you know, there's the mosques everywhere and the people. I have to tell you guys, um, the people there were some of the nicest, kindest people I've ever encountered in my entire life. Two Americans. I was really blown away by that. But to my point earlier, we were at a restaurant one evening on a rooftop and it was, it was Ramadan. And I'm looking around and, you know, obviously I was actually with my, my family. I took my parents, my sister there. I kind of was like, it was before a trip to Greece. And it was like, I, my sister loves to travel like me. And like, we're going here. It's going to be great. I've heard amazing things. And so we're there and obviously a little, my parents were a little uneasy, a little uncomfortable, but kind of embracing the moment. We're trying to make them feel comfortable. But uh, as we're looking around, I, I had this, this epiphany and I, I just was like, we are all so similar. Like, although yes, they speak a different language there and different tradition, traditions, different customs, different cultures, different food. Like the kids were on the right, like running around and playing and the teenagers were like drinking and having a good time and listening to music and dancing. And the adults were like having amazing conversations and, and, you know, the local band was playing. I was like, this is like literally the same thing as New Jersey. It's just like in a different place like the human interaction the relationships the people like it we're so similar and we're all trying to solve a very similar problem in life um we just go about it in different ways and so it's cool to learn those different ways because then you can apply it to your own life it's like oh we're trying to we're trying it this way the whole time like that's that's stupid there's they they do it this way (laughs) yeah and it's much easier yeah but the core is the same just being a human and the human experience like you said it's a different skin like if you want to refer to a video game it looks very different. It feels very different, but 
the code's the same. <laughs> like we yeah. are all just people walking around trying to survive. Maybe that's your first priority. And then after that, find, you know, some basic happiness, maybe <laughs> like For being sure. content like with your life. Um, and I, that's kind of what I learned early on in traveling is just seeing the different ways that people live that your world isn't so little when you're feeling alone or like, oh, I'm such a big failure. I can't do these things. And then you see people that are, you know, on the street bartering or having like a way more difficult time than you are. And it makes you go, wow, I need to kind of reevaluate everything. Yeah. It helps you to feel more grateful. I, I had the, uh, I was very blessed to live in the Caribbean for a couple of years and just mm-hmm. to see how those individuals um, like the, the West Indian people, um, you know, in places where there's hurricanes every couple of years, or, you know, I was over in a little Island called Beckway near St. Vincent, uh, last year and the volcano erupted and completely just leveled the Island. And, you know, in 2017, hurricane Irma and Maria completely devastated a lot of the U S and British Virgin islands. And I, I went to, I lived on, uh, St. John in 2019, 2020, subsequent to the hurricanes and to see how resilient those people are, um, and, and how simple their lives are and how happy they are. It really makes you take a step back and go, wow, like I really don't need too much to be happy in this life. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bit of a paradox in a way too, because they really like, they're just so, they just live this simple, simple life. And uh, I, I took a, a lot from that experience personally, because I apply it to my life now. And um, I like, I like simplicity uh, more so now than I ever have, because it's it just, uh, it makes more sense for me going forward. But I, I know that a lot of people um, aren't going to experience that until they actually experience that um, in in that setting. So I thought that was powerful. For sure. I learned a lesson, I guess, years ago. I've I've gotten to travel a little bit, uh, definitely not in the same caliber as yourself. But one of the things that I learned is watching people when I was growing up, it was like, hey, we're going on vacation. But what really happened is what would happen is people would be 10 times busier than they are in their day to day lives. And they would be so emotionally and mentally and physically exhausted because on their normal day to day, they'd go to work and they this, that, and the other, but then, you know, for five days, they're like on a plane, they get to Europe, they're walking 20 miles in a day because they want to see everything. And there's like no time for rest. They got to keep going. And I'm not saying they don't have a good time, but the lesson that someone, you know, shared with me is pick, pick a day and just chill at the hotel. Or like just leisurely go for a walk and eat at a deli or whatever. And I applied that one time because I I was like, hey, you got to at least try it. See if if they're right, if it works for you. And it did. I was like in a hotel room and I'm just watching TV. Can't understand what they're saying. It's in a totally different language, but it was like beautiful. (laughs) I got to watch like real sumo wrestling happen and i didn't fully understand but i knew enough to go like this guy's winning this guy's losing it was still an experience like you got to recharge and then see something cultural at the same time so it was great and then i applied it where me and my brother got to travel for the first time together went on a little road trip a couple of years ago uh and what we did is we went to um new mexico to carlsbad caverns And we did it. It was cool. Like we, we had been there when we were kids, but you know, again, child brain is way different than like going through it as an adult. I was like, Oh my, like, I don't (laughs) remember any of this. And it's just, I was able to really respect it and appreciate it. But when we look back at that road trip, 
there was a day where I went, Hey, we need to make sure that we just chill. Like you mm. can pop on your headphones and like play on your phone. We can just chill, watch TV, like whatever. Um, and we did that and we ended up, uh, neither one of us had seen the show Parks and Rec. And for whatever reason, one of the cable channels in New Mexico was like, we're starting on episode one and we're just going to play all of them. So That's we watched great. Like, yeah, we watched like three or four episodes of this show and we have like an inside joke because of it. And it was one of the kind of shining moments of it, right? Of you just don't need you don't have to have a bunch of fancy things and you don't have to have like the most wildest, craziest experiences for traveling or anything to be amazing. Right. And one thing that traveling did for myself, and I think a little bit for my brother now too, is it can be pretty simple and just wildly incredible at the same time. It's the little things. It's the little things. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I know that I do this still, even though we can talk about it and I, and I know, and I've seen it and had experiences where you lose sight of that, you know, like I, I want to make a million dollars. I want to have like a big house. I want to jet ski and jump over like a building. Right. I want to like ride a ramp and fly, fly over the moon. <laughs> and, and it's okay to have those aspirations, but at the same time, you know, like you, you said before, being grateful of stuff and yeah, traveling. It's mindfulness. Yeah, it's mindful. Yeah. It's being present in that go. moment. Yeah, but what we feel is uh, while individuals are traveling, it gives you an opportunity to be mindful. Um, obviously, it's easier to be mindful on a vacation than it is to be at home with three kids crying in the, in the you know, in the bathtub. And and you got to, I don't know. I'm, I'm not married, so I just threw that out there. I don't, Something I don't like know that. that. That's works. what it's like, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what sure, the TV but... tells me, right? It's like, yeah. marriage is crazy. Or, okay, for somebody, you know, relatable, it's, you know, being at work for 12 hours a day and then coming home and having to repeat the next day. Right. So it's hard to get into that state, but when you are traveling, you know, we find that uh, you're more inclined to take risks and meet new people and try new things and step outside your comfort zone and live your true authentic self. And so uh, I think the, the problem is, is when people come home, they kind of take their experiences, all this amazing momentum and they shove it in the closet. Lock it in a box and yeah, then don't apply don't it know. to anything. <laughs> I've, yeah, I think I think the word is integration. If you can integrate all of that into your life slowly and start to to live that true authentic self um, wherever you go, like and, and it's it's important that people understand that because um, you know when you come home, then you kind of go back into the rut. Uh, for some of us, yeah. right? And then and then you wait. Oh, I can't wait to go away another two months, and you kind of like grind away for those two months to go away. Well. What about those two months in between? Why can't those be um, yeah. just as just as pleasurable as, as the vacation time? So I, there's, I yeah. It's very important. And what I was going to, it kind of transitions exactly into what I was going to ask you about. We talk about expectations a lot, kind of because it revolves around failure in a way. You can set yourself up for failure if you have crazy expectations. But on the back end of the travel, or even I guess during too, do you have that conversation with your clients about, like maybe they expected, you know, like Sam said, riding a jet ski over the moon and then they just got like a really cool vacation, but they had crazy expectations or on the back end of it, they don't know how to apply it. Do you have those conversations as a group or does it kind of naturally come out? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think in the past, it really depends on the client. Um, I've, I've had a lot of high net worth individuals as clients in the past. And so those expectations are, are through the roof and it's like three jet skis over the moon, not even one. And you really got to deliver. 
Um, but I think it's really important to um, manage, manage those expectations properly with their clients. And one of the ways that I do that is I like to provide options uh, for my clients. And so if I tell them that they're doing this and this was the worst experience ever, then it's on me. And then if I tell them that they're doing this, uh, and then they can do this, this, or this, like they have a couple options. They have a couple uh, recommendations for restaurants. Like you don't have to eat here. You can eat, you can look at the menu for these three and then kind of go from there. Or, you know, today you can do a hike or you can kind of stay back and, and, you know, hang by the pool. Um, whenever you give somebody an option, um, it gives them the opportunity to go ahead and make that decision themselves. Yeah. And then you're not really held as accountable as you would have been if you told them that, you know, this is what you're doing. And I, I still will take um, the blame for anything that goes wrong. Cause it's just, that's just how the, the type of service I like to provide. But um, yeah, to answer your question, it's, it can be difficult at times, especially in a group style when you have all these different personalities coming at you, all these different intentions coming at you. So I think uh, up front, something that we do to help alleviate that is we vet out a lot of the people coming on our experiences. We like to find people who are like-minded, who are value-minded, who are kind of looking for that, uh, whether it's an adventurous trip, whether it's a more relaxing trip, whether it's a spiritual trip, whether it's whatever trip it is, find people who fit into that category um, who, who are kind of, uh, open-minded to these types of things and open-minded to, to change and things that happen, because as we know, nothing ever happens perfectly. Uh, and there are, there are things that come up on travel, especially. I'm sure you've, you've seen some wild things come up in your, in your vast experience. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's so many things that have happened in the past that have kind of held me back on my travels. Um, but personally, I think it's how you, how you react to them. Um, and I should say how you respond to them. Um, but it's, it's unique because if you look at something like, you know, your flight was delayed and, and you had to wait or something was canceled. Um, the way I look at it and the way I apply it to life is there's really nothing you can do about it. And so you can sit there and throw a tantrum and cry and scream at the poor person who it's not even their fault. Or you can say, okay, like this is what it is. Uh, how can I move forward from here? And, and what can I do now to, to adjust and to pivot and to adapt? Because those are all really important words that I think we all need to learn. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, everything's not going to go the way that, that you think it is. And to your point before with expectations, personally, I am a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> and mm. I have some crazy unrelenting standards. To this day, still, I'm, I'm working through them. But it's really difficult um, for someone like myself to go ahead and tell a client like, oh, you shouldn't have these, these expectations because personally I do. Like I have how my, I hold myself to a high standard in certain aspects of my life. So to bring it all together, it's, it's really tricky. But I think just understanding that if you can put yourself in your bed at the end of the day, put your head in the pillow and say, I did everything that I possibly could today. I did my absolute best. Then, you know, you should be able to sleep okay. Yeah. The, the area of control, that's all you have, like you have to like consider. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you brought up a good point of it's the, like the way you choose to respond, like having the mindfulness of your response, because reacting can sometimes just be an autopilot thing. Um, but a mindful response can help you just kind of go, wait a second. Like it is what it is. I, I started trying to think about, and I'm still really working on it, but the there was a parable that uh, eventually its whole point is that you can look at things as not being good or bad. Just what is it? Right. It's, it's not, it's nothing about a spectrum. It's nothing like right or wrong, anything like that. It's just, what is it? And if it's the flight is delayed, that's it. It's not, you don't have to respond to it at all. You just go, the flight is delayed. 
then you're kind of like, well, then what do I do? And it goes, what do you want to do? And you're like, well, I guess I want to go to that McDonald's and eat a bunch of chicken nuggets. I don't know. And they're like, well, then go do that. <laughs> Have you ever, I, I remember this had to be a couple of years ago, maybe longer than I remember, but Adam Sandler ended up hosting Saturday Night Live a while back. And one of the skits is he was, um, I guess, like a travel agent. And he just kept pointing out that he's like, if you're depressed in Texas and you go to Italy, you're still going to be depressed. Like Italy is not going to make you not depressed. Like he just kept like he was talking about bad reviews that he had gotten. And it was the whole perspective of like, just because you leave home doesn't mean things necessarily get better it's gonna right? change like, everything yeah right and he was just like so you know if you want to go to Italy go to Italy but if you're going to Italy because you want everything to be better and like your whole life changes in this like magical way he's like that's not that's not what traveling is going to do and, and I remember laughing at it because in a way depending on the experience you have while you're traveling and what you take from it it could change things right I'm not saying traveling solves depression right like right I'm not a doctor but uh, I did wonder if you had ever seen that skit because for some reason it just popped into my head of like expectations a, and how. Yeah, that's a really good segue into a story that I wanted to share with you guys because I know that obviously this is, a, this is we talk about failures here, right? And so I'm, I'm, open, oh, yeah. I'm open, to that, open to that challenge. But yeah, it's funny you bring that up because uh, when I was living in New York, I told you guys in the beginning when we started chatting, uh, I decided to move to San Diego. Uh, I was like, what's the best place uh, in the country with like the best weather and it's argue uh, san diego's arguably like the best weather in the world uh, it's it's predictable like it's sunny like sunny and warm like year round and so i went out there but to your point i'll never forget my mom telling me um you know go ahead like you you know enjoy yourself and it'll be great but remember that your problems are going to follow you wherever you go and I'll never forget that. And I knew that, um, but I was going through a really dark time in my life during, during those times. And so when I did kind of pick up and take myself over to San Diego, uh, everything followed me. And I uprooted my life. Well, you know, I think I was 24, 25 at the time. Um, so all of those years, you kind of think of a tree when you uproot a tree, like it goes into shock. And so I didn't give myself enough time to uh, adjust and adapt. And I definitely, you know, uh, deprived a lot of people around my life of that opportunity. I robbed them of that opportunity to help support me on that, that, uh, that move out there and that transition. And so that was a really big failure on my part, because now I know how important and vital connection is, uh, not only to yourself, but to others, and especially the world around you. And uh, I, I deprived that of the people, you know, that were willing and able to help me. Now, I was blessed to have that in my life, but I didn't allow that to happen. It took for a really, really dark time in my life to finally like snap and remember that how important that is, you know? How did you, uh, and you know, you can go into as much detail as you want or as little detail as you want, but how did you, did you have a, a moment that you can recall where you went, oh, wait a second. Like I am depriving myself and the people that care about me the ability to help me through this because you, you like uprooted everything. You went to San Diego. How long were you there in San Diego? A couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Something really profound happened in my life. And uh, you know, as I said, I, I, well, I was working at a job at the time and it was a startup. So I was in the office a lot. I was isolated. I was alone. And so that was just not a good the ingredients in that we I was stirring up or just a recipe for, <laughs> for chaos in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't really looking and, and 
putting myself out there for those friendships, for that connection that I, that I require, that we all require, right? And so it took, it took one night when I was driving in, in my car and, and I was just kind of hysterically crying and just having a really tough go at life. I just was really confused. I wasn't sure what my purpose was. I was like, what am I doing out here? Uh, what is going on right now? And it took for me to come to a red light, to a stop. And for me to look up and see that the sign read Terranova Drive, my last name, and go, wow, that's, what is that doing there? And so I look to the right and there's this like big shopping center. I look to the left and there's this road that just like leads up into the darkness. And I was like, I guess I'll play along. And so I made a left on Terranova Drive. I drive up and sure enough, I look down on my GPS and I see uh, Terranova Park. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to Terranova Park. And so I pull into this development, I'm driving, I'm going down the road and this like uncanny feeling just like overcomes my whole essence. I was like, this is such a familiar place. Like, where am I right now? This is really, really bizarre. And, you know, I park at Turnover Park. I look up, there's this like big field. There's a baseball field. There's a jungle gym. I'm like, this is like, where am I? And guys, I look up and on the left, there's like a little like roundabout, little development. And it says, it reads Parkside Court. And for your audience, um, you know, where my parents still live and where I grew up, is called Parkside. So it didn't take one sign. It didn't take two signs. It took like three signs to show me that like home is a place that you take with you wherever you go. And it also, you know, is a bit of a spiritual experience for me because personally, I don't think that was a coincidence. Like that stuff just doesn't happen uh, all the way across from like New Jersey to San Diego. It couldn't be farther. And it it brought a sense of um, inner peace and, you know, to show me that, you know, I'm not alone, right? Like, I'm not alone in this, you know, is it, if it's God, if it's a higher power, if it's mama universe, if it's the stars, like whatever you believe in, like, it doesn't matter. There's something out there kind of guiding um, your path, like you said. And so uh, that moment was definitely a defining moment in my life. And I love to share this story because I know a lot of people are struggling with, um, with that, that loneliness and that isolation, uh, especially after these couple of years. And, you know, it's, it's really difficult to pull yourself out of that hole. Um, but I, I guess, you know, if, if you can kind of just push through and lean in and, and kind of rely on your support system, then I think it's a lot easier to get through. That is awesome. It's mind blowing. Yeah. If it was me, I would have been like, no fucking way. <laughs> this is not. <laughs> it might be in punk right I now. Was. <laughs> it was crazy, guys. Yeah, I couldn't believe my eyes, but it happened. Jeez. It's a really cool thing to be able to hear stuff like that because where, where, as you're saying the story, I try to picture how would I feel if I rolled up and I saw my last name anywhere on a, on a street sign, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm pretty sure it's never going to happen. But if I saw that, especially depending on what you're feeling and what you're paying attention to and what you're receiving, I mean, that would be a moment that I would definitely not forget. I'd just kind of stare at it. And then, of course, mm. you look one way and then you look the other way and you're like, all right, I'll I'll take it. Let's go. And then for it to go all the way to that point of like, just to make sure you get the point. Right. I'll never forget. Um, you know, I was born and raised in Texas and, you know, I graduated high school. I tried to play house. Essentially, I tried to like work multiple jobs, go to school, didn't want to go to school. So I was like, whatever. And I was going nowhere fast. And at one point, somehow, accidentally, I slipped into the idea of like joining the Marine Corps. But I remember, you know, everyone, everyone had their opinion about it. 
And I wasn't doing it because I had some kind of calling necessarily. I just was like, there's got to be something I can do, right? Like I, I wanted to get life experience. I wanted to, you know, if I wasn't going to go to college, whatever. And I remember having a moment where I was just completely and utterly unsure. And I remember being like, I don't know if I said it out loud or not, but I, I was like, hey, if there's like a God or something that's willing to speak to me for like two seconds, like I just need a sign that I'm not necessarily going in the wrong direction. And I was next to the high school that I graduated from. And in the summertime, Texas does a pretty good job of having some wild sunsets or just skylines, right? I mean, it's just violets and oranges and it's just, it, it can be really incredible sometimes. And it just so happened that I turned off the freeway. I'm on the road right next to my high school and I looked up and it was one of the most incredible skies that I had ever seen. And the way it just felt like it punched me in my soul I was like, oh, whoa, like, all right, okay. Like, maybe that's what I was asking for. And it, I, I guess, like, what I'm trying to say is I kind of related to what you said of that piece. Mm. Like, oh, right. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like, okay. All right. Okay. Right. Damn, I love that. Yeah. You just keep yeah. going. Right. It's kind of like <laughs> so, the universe patting you on the back a little and being like, you got it. Like, you come on, little there. buddy. Like, you yeah. can do this. Right. I think my um, my similar thing, it's not as transcendental as either of yours, but when I drive, I tend to think like that's where I process things. Mm-hmm. And my family all lives two to four to six hours away from me. So a lot of those drives happen. And when I'm getting in my head, I will always see a hawk. And I know a hawk is not an uncommon bird in Texas, but I literally, one time I was with my brother And we were just talking about stuff, very short drive. And I counted six hawks. I was like, explain to me why there's six. Like, it makes no fucking sense. And it it, like part of it could be that whole thing of if you think about something, it's going to, you know, you'll notice it Mm. more. But it always seems to be when I'm like contemplating something big, like a little nudge being like, you're all right. You're going to be okay. That's your spirit animal. Yeah, like. like, Sounds like it's. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Just your, your comfort brings you comfort, brings your inner peace. I think for me, if I had to choose like one thing in the world uh, that like one feeling or one, whatever, it would be inner peace. Like that's what I was like praying for during that difficult time in San Diego. And I felt that that inner peace over me is that if you guys had to choose one thing in life that you can have um, no matter what, you could just like, like Jeannie grants you wish, like you got it. Like, what would it be? You think? I mean, we can't still inner peace because that's your answers. <laughs> no, but you can. <laughs> you can. I'm like, I'm like inner peace. Final answer. No. Um, <laughs> if if without thinking about it too much, right? Because that's a fun game to play. Is what's the first thing that comes to your mind with a question, sure. right? If I could have it, where like I just snapped and like this is what I felt, it would be balance which is, I think, a form of inner peace, right? Like maybe that's mm-hmm. just my interpretation of inner peace is mm-hmm. the balance, right? The the good and the bad, the the whatever it is, it's in my brain, I, I picture balance as a neutral space where everything's just kind of got its, its perfect amount and you're just, you're good um, and you can breathe and you're not worried and you're not, because I used to be a person that had really high highs and really low lows. I mean, I think we're all susceptible to that. 
Uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that, that mindset. Um, so for me, I think I can really appreciate the balance side of it. That would be my hmm. answer. The happy Final medium. Answer. I love happy that. Happy medium. Yeah. <laughs> you are correct. You're, you're all <laughs> correct. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I think for me, like, even if it's, whether it's like an interpersonal relationship, someone I know well, or like a complete stranger, I just want to have like a positive impact on people. That sounds very general, but like to leave them better off than I met them, if that makes sense. Like, I don't want to do damage to anyone. I just want to be on the positive end of that. Even if it was me buying a homeless man a coffee and that was our Mm. only interaction. I never saw the person again, don't know his name. That's it. Or me having like a longtime friend and making sure like, even if we like fight or have an issue at the end of it, the, the net value, uh, your gross profit is that it is positive. <laughs> yeah. That's so, that's so sweet, Megan. I think, yeah, you have a big heart because, um, it's, I think that stuff's important in life is, you know, personally, I think that, you know, the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of life is to give it, you know? So maybe your gift is that, that love and that uniqueness of, of helping somebody out or, I'm trying to trying to spread some optimism, positivity, you know, uplifting, encouraging, inspiring, empowering, all those amazing things that that seems like you do. So that's that's awesome. Hopefully, I, I like that. I like that you said the. Someone probably originally said it, and they've probably been quoted. But at this point, I don't know where it came from. But it is a very valuable piece of information, and that is figure out like what your gift is and then give it away is how I've heard it or use it to help as many people as you can, which can also be a form of giving it away. And I've, I've tried to apply it, but then there's times where we're just not maybe certain what our gift is. Right. But it, it, it is something, some very successful people that I admire that have been in my life. They do talk about that of, you know, where things really changed for them is they stopped worrying about the things they were told to worry about, whether it was money or going to the gym or, you know, got to have a family, whatever it was that they kept getting told over and over. And they realized that it was just help people however you can. Mm-hmm. And you can break that down to a very simple thing of like, hey, like, dude, you look like you really need some water. Here you go don't worry about it. And then you just move on, right? Like, here's some water. You're good. Great. Or, you know, having a conversation with a stranger or even close relatives, smiling, smiling, smiling. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. You say that is um, I'm going through, uh, I'm working alongside uh, someone named Rory Vaden right now. And so he, he owns a company called brand builders group. He helps people kind of find their uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. And it's really, it's brilliant. It, it works. It's, it's an amazing platform. Um, but he's a really big proponent of the quote, you are most powerfully positioned to help the person you once were. So I think that's a good starting point for individuals to help find their uniqueness. It's like kind of like look back at the things that you've struggled with in the past, right? The things that you've overcome, because now you have become an expert in those things since you've gotten through them, right? And then, you know, if you take, that opportunity to now use that and exploit it in the service of others. And we all, we all, some of us don't, you know, want to do that and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with not wanting to do that. But if you do take that, that challenge and um, that calling and you help others, then, then you can go ahead and help them find their uniqueness. And it's just kind of this like domino effect. 
I thought like he he's really empowering. He's written like two New York Times bestselling books and he's like a world of Hall of Fame speaker with Toastmasters and he's just an incredible individual. So he he taught me that and that always has, has stuck with me ever since. I went right back to the man. I wish common sense was common, right? Because you said it <laughs> and it, it was like like light bulb came on and it was still. Yeah, you, you should have known that. Like, that's just that makes sense. Right. Uh, I'm really grateful you shared that. That was a good one. I just lived the rest of my life off of that one line. And you're like, oh, my gosh, Sam. Um, well, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so hey. join the club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's interesting, uh, you know, especially for individuals who start to focus on self-development. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in in therapy, uh, if that works for you, or if you, if you want it to work for you, firm believer in reading books and trying to apply what you can, um, asking for help can get you really far. Um, but whenever individuals start working on themselves, they, they do, right. They figure out how to deal with some of their issues from, you know, childhood or young adulthood or whatever, but, you know, you're, you're not wrong. Like there are things that I went through that if somebody wanted that help, I could be like, Hey man, like I totally hundred percent get it. And this is, this is where you can start. Right. That's awesome. Isn't that, yeah, isn't that really, that, that really spoke to me. I'm not sure if it had the same effect on you guys. It really resonated with me, but um, you know, it's, it's powerful stuff because you really are, it depends on, on your background and what you have gone through, like you said, mm-hmm. in your past challenges. But, you know, most people are overcomers. I really do believe that. And so once you overcome a challenge, whether that be an extreme example of, of you know, battling cancer and then surviving or doing a triathlon, like or getting into a line of work in your career that now you can go ahead and mentor and coach others uh, who want to do that as well. And uh, that's something that we all have the opportunity and ability to do. Um, but I feel like not a lot of us do that. And that's like Rory Vaden's message is to help individuals find that uniqueness and then exploit it in the service of others. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's powerful stuff. I think it's, it's scary to do for a lot of people just because how our society set up, unfortunately, that is why we're doing this podcast. There's no monetary game for us. It's just trying to get what we've experienced, like our universal truths, out to other people and then the same with our guests like because if it was just we do have episodes where it it is just Sam and I talking but if it was just us then we wouldn't have all these great amazing perspectives and people like you that would come in and bring little tidbits to share with a wider audience and then people kind of comb through all of that information and can hopefully you know either have hope maybe not feel alone or just go oh I can take this one point like what we were just talking about and start to build a plan or build something off of it. It kind of, I don't like to use like inspiration or anything like that um, because it's very general and it's been a little bastardized, but just like humanization a little bit more of Mm. like, this is a very human experience. I just scream seize the day all the time. (laughs) Seize the day, (laughs) seize it right now. And they're like, what does that mean? I don't know. Just seize it. I like, I like, I like Nike's way of doing it. Like, just do it. It's like yeah. so simple, you know, like it's, it's, that's the only thing that's holding you back is like, you just, you, you haven't done it yet. Just, yeah, I, have I think a, a lot of us. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I have a, a Nike knockoff tattoo that says do something. <laughs> <laughs> that's I recently, great. 
I recently started using it in our little like ending catchphrase or whatever you want to call it of like, just go do something, you know? I, I do want to say it is interesting how we we don't really know how we help people sometimes, right? And and if you're, there's there's nothing wrong with it, right? Like people say like, nobody does anything without it being selfish of you're doing it because it makes you feel good or whatever. So be it, you're helping people who cares, right? We are human beings that do need to survive in some kind of form or fashion, uh, some of us in very different ways than others. But, you know, I, I would have never just casually brought up the story of about to go into the Marine Corps and being like, man, I don't know what to do. Everyone's trying to tell me what they think I should do. And I'm like, I don't really know what I want to do, but I think this is a good idea. Any pointers? And it was like, check this out. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And then, you know, here we are right. today. Right. And so it's it's really cool. And I, I really do appreciate you, you know, sharing that experience that is the terra nova experience right that is the terra nova experience and my last name so is, Itali- is italian it means new land a new earth so i'm kind of living out that um, uh that's know. like it's, full circle yeah. man yeah. right wow like, it's a little bit of a, some destiny there like with all my travels and taking people to this this new land this new earth this new wow. way of being it's yeah i don't know I, destiny i i live by the forest gump like method it's a little bit destiny it's a little bit chance so that's it uh, yeah that's it so that's it. the reality here is that you've dropped some very awesome things to to think about right but i like to always have this this part right where give you the opportunity to kind of do you have a single piece of advice or thought to ponder or anything that you would like to share with the people listening right now? Yeah. I think to piggyback off of the quote that I did share with you, um, mm-hmm. I, ha- I find when I share this with people, they're uh, really blown away. Um, and I, I really hope that's the case with your audience, but I'll say it again. You are most powerfully positioned to help the person you once were. And in order to find that uniqueness, I think a lot of us um, are, are on our way but then we feel imposter syndrome or we feel like, who am I to share this? Like, I'm not a licensed professional, but uh, I just want to share with you that there are individuals in the world now who are, who are helping individuals that have experienced that pain or that suffering who aren't licensed professionals. Like people aren't necessarily seeking licensed professionals in terms of therapists and psychologists. Like that's, that, that's slowly, people are kind of going more towards finding people who have a problem and have results in overcoming something. It's really powerful stuff. It's, it's all online now. It's all courses. Like there's many different resources that you can find if you kind of look for it. Right. But to, to give you um, an idea, it's, is being able to allow yourself to kind of step into that, that new zone or that new moment in your life where you take on that challenge. And that's something that you want to, uh, you know, encounter. It's just, you can have a profound effect on people's lives and it doesn't need to be like this massive thing you help them with. It could start out with a smile every day or with just sharing your story to a friend or family member or whatever it may be. But um, I think we all have the ability to be great uh, and to achieve greatness. And so it's just kind of overcoming those limiting beliefs we have or that conditioning that we have from our past, from our childhood, from our schooling system, through our guardians and parents who told us we can't do something or like whatever it is. Um, just kind of breaking through that barrier and seeing that, you know, you have an unres, you have a, you have so much potential, an incredible amount of potential and we all do. And it's just being able to kind of go into that and, and step into that and, and embrace it, fully embrace it. 
Man, I like that. You know, it's uh, conversations like this that, I mean, it makes my day. And that's why I think we we do the podcast is we want, we want people to be able to hear it and take, because, you know, people could listen to an hour conversation and take one line, but it yeah. changes the course of their whole week, month, year, life, you know? And I do really appreciate the, we do, right? Like all of us, no matter how we feel about it or what we think about ourselves, we do all have a lot of potential. We just have to tap into it. And, you know, it can be scary, but that's a whole nother conversation, right? <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. Part two. Uh, being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Uh, see you next Friday on, no. Well, hey, I did want to say before we start, you know, talking about social media and, wrapping things up. I, I did want to thank you for, for coming out. I really enjoyed uh, talking with you. You've definitely, I mean, it's, it's, it's been there, but now it's just like on level 10 of, I really need to go travel and I want to go, <laughs> you know, experience places I haven't been to, you know, and gain that life experience. The Just do it, do something kind of vibe, you know what I'm saying? Mm, but I need yeah. to do it in traveling. So I really appreciate that. Don't be surprised if you hear from me soon, you know? <laughs> yeah, I have a challenge for you. Ooh. Ah. Okay. All right. What Let's... if you went jet skiing in the next, I'll just give you till the summer, to the end of the summer to go jet skiing. What do you say? <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's completely doable. There's a large body of water by you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and it, I guess the thing would be is, I mean, I can go jet skiing in so many places that are even just driving 30 minutes or yeah. I could like get crazy with it, fly to Hawaii and do the ski, whole thing. Right? Yeah. There you go. Can you yeah, get, jet, get creative with it? Can you jet ski at a YMCA pool? Is that no. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. All right. So I got to go to like a lake or something, right? Okay. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Uh, I, okay. I'm going to laugh when people, I was going to say call in, but they email us and they're like, Hey man, you definitely need a jet ski and they're like, come on out to whatever. I have a jet ski and I'm going to be like, Is that like oh. a thing with you? Is that like a thing like you share with, with, uh, with guests you, that you haven't gotten Our email's out there. So like, yeah. And we do kind of follow up on things later on. So I'm actually going to write down to put like a calendar. I'm going to make this a whole thing right now. Um, so my, my whole point is, uh, so like Megan's about to do her, I call it a bit, um, Megan's corner, right? Uh, I'm the only one that likes that. I'm the only one that likes it, I think. But um, it's the whole thing, you know, everybody sees this. And then, you know, we take feedback and we, we definitely create the opportunity of people can interact with us, right? Um, In any form or fashion, Uh, they could literally be like, you know, bet you won't go jet skiing and then they take a picture of their jet ski and be like come on down like we'll jump on the lake you know as soon as it's warm outside totally totally uh you know you put it out there it it can manifest or whatever yeah yeah we Uh, on that note we are an open book socials we're pretty much everywhere under friends of failure and we will be tagging jesse on all of that it's going to be in the the link in your bio wherever you're listening or watching but also you can find him at the connection creation at Instagram. And then our email, which we just blast out to the internet um, for anyone to find is friends of failure podcast at gmail.com. 
And that can be to send in stories, that can be to harass Sam, it's whatever you want. Uh, we can see how much need there is and to make this a big deal. Maybe we'll post a video of him jet skiing. I mean, get it on video or it didn't happen. Right? That's right. That's right. Proof or it's not real. <laughs> that would be that would be a really cool thing to you know share and make happen. And now that it's kind of like a challenge to the people listening to make it a big deal, let's see what happens. Um, but regardless, I'll, I guess I'll be hitting you up in the next five months because summertime's right around the corner for us. I That's mean, it, it gets hot. It gets hot here quick. So yeah, you got like two months, man. Yeah, <laughs> two months. <laughs> I give it a weekend. No, thanks again for coming out, everybody listening. I, you know, we appreciate it, and hopefully, you you guys enjoyed the episode today uh and with that being said i'd love to leave everyone with this final thought which is life is happening for you not to you so go do something okay boom we did it we nailed it awesome guys that was great that was very good (sighs) one yeah if it's not i'm stronger than you it's I'm wiser than you, I'm more loving than you, I'm more tolerant than you, I'm more sophisticated than you. It doesn't matter what it is, but this constant competition is going on. This is the secret. This is the secret. You can't make a mistake.